This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, welcome everybody. This is Father's Day 2016, and I am very privileged that right in the middle of a series that we've called How to Change Your Life, today we're talking about fatherhood, and I'm going to do that with my dad. Uh, Many of you know who he is because you see him outside in the parking lot or maybe in the foyer. You may know him as Mr. Al, but uh, for my whole life, I've only known him as dad. And so what I'd like to do today is to spend some time with him, ask him some questions. And then uh, before later on in the service today, when we get to celebrate baptism, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Today, I'm going to let uh, his life experience and our family teach us a few lessons. And I know that sometimes when you look at people, we always look at people and we often just admire their strengths but we don't know the backstory that lies behind there. And so today I'm, I'm really hoping that we can be a little bit vulnerable as a family and uh, let you learn from some of the mistakes, but also some of the things that my parents did right. And so what I want to do is kind of open it up, Dad, and just ask you uh, a question. You know, I've heard you talk a lot about your, your life growing up and, and kind of the contrast between the way that that you grew up in the way that you wanted us to grow up. And so what I, I'd, like, I'd just like you to share that story and just kind of how you grew up and then some of the decisions that you made as a dad as to how things were going to be different in our family. Well, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s, and so life was a lot uh, different then than it is now. Most everybody was poor to one degree or another, but there were different levels of poverty. Unfortunately, our family was kind of in the lower rungs. I decided pretty early in life that if I ever had a family of my own, I wanted to provide very well for them. Uh, We did not have a nice house to live in when I was growing up. I wanted my family to have a nice house. Uh, We didn't always have uh, a great deal of uh, quality food to eat. I wanted my family to have good food, plenty of it, and so that's, uh, that is the difference between the way I grew up and, and the way I wanted my family to grow up, and uh, my dad sometimes worked three jobs to try to make enough money, scratch up enough money for us to exist on, <clears throat> and so he wasn't at home a great deal, and he didn't get to be a part of a lot of things that we did, and I decided also that I wanted my children to have my time. Uh, You've heard Kevin and uh, Carrie preach recently about the person who gets your children's time or is the person who's going to win with them. And I wanted to to be a part of my children's life. And uh, I think uh, Rose and I did a pretty good job on that. You know, I, I can remember growing up and hearing the stories about, um, you going through seasons where uh, you didn't know if you, even though your dad was working hard to pay rent and everything, you still didn't even know if you'd have food in the evening. Sometimes the only meat that you had was meat that you or your brother would kill. 
And um, it, you made this decision. And, and I can remember every Saturday night when we were kids, we called it steak night because every Saturday we had steaks. I think that, that there's something that's very important that happens in a family. And, and it happens when, when things go right. It doesn't happen when we just kind of go with the flow. But that's that if we do family right, we intentionally make a decision as parents to make a, dis- a difference in the life of our kids. Um, I, I think you see that in, in my dad's uh, approach to being a parent. That he said, I'm, I'm going to make a difference and the first thing that he said is he said, I'm going to provide for my family. And I think that as, as a man, that's one of those things that we believe God intentionally put into the heart of men. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 3, when God tells you, all right, here's what happened. Sin entered the world. Relationships are broken. Now everything is uh, kind of walking away from the design. He says to the man, you're going to now have to work hard to provide for your family. And since then, since the garden, men have been working hard to provide for their family. But in Deuteronomy 6, the Bible gives us these instructions. And I'm going to get my phone out and read uh, the Bible verse that's there. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, as Moses is recounting the word of God that had been given to him in the Ten Commandments, he says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know, the thing is, is that he gives us this massive key to unlock influence as a parent. And it's one of the things that my parents got right, that they gave us attention. And I want you to understand today that the greatest thing that a dad can provide for his kids is attention. That's the greatest thing that a dad can give his kids. We obviously, we need to give them food and shelter. All of those things are wonderful. But when we give attention, it gives us the capacity to influence our kids. And that's exactly what the Bible points out there in Deuteronomy 6. It says, impress these laws upon your kids and do it when you walk along the road. Let me just translate that to modern times. Do it when you travel. How many of y'all take your kids to school or pick them up from school? You get time in the car. Don't just turn on the radio and zone out. Talk to them. Do it when you lie down and when you get up. How many of you put your kids to bed at night? How many of you have bedtime rituals? Make make Jesus a part of your bedtime. Make it a part of the way that you do mornings. Make Jesus a part of the times that you dine, when you eat. See, those are times that even thousands of years from the moment that that was written, we still have. And my dad did such a good job when we were growing up, of giving us attention. He was our t-ball coach when we were not very good, right? When we were learning, we were those kids out there and outfield, right? It was frustrating to him, but he was there with us. And I can honestly say this, like there was never a time in my life that I doubted that my parents loved me. Never a time. 
There was never a time that I doubted that they would be there for me. And then I can tell you that that is a powerful gift to give your kids, to know that they're loved and that they'll have your attention. And here's why it's so important. Because as parents, we set a template for young kids and how they're going to view God. We set a template. See, when we start talking about our Heavenly Father, the only way we can think about our Heavenly Father is by understanding who our earthly Father is. And so when we think about our Heavenly Father, if our earthly Father was not attentive, if our earthly Father was not loving, if our earthly Father was not caring, if our earthly Father made a big deal out of giving us attention and love and honor and support, you see, it creates a problem when we start to think about our Heavenly Father. But when we, when we give attention and love freely, when we give grace and instruction freely, when we're there and present, somehow it sets a template for a kid to understand what a loving Heavenly Father is like. What a powerful gift. And see, there were things that off when I was growing up that I, that I knew about my parents, but there were things that we didn't get right as well. You see, my mom and my dad made a decision when we were very young to follow Jesus. But when I was a kid, my parents made a decision to step away from the church as well. As a matter of fact, I would say that as I grew up, I knew who Jesus was. And I had enough church experience to understand what the gospel itself was. But I personally had never had that experience with God. And we, as a family, when I was very young, stepped out of church. And I thought it would be helpful to let my dad describe what that decision did to our family and how it affected our family for the coming years. So, Dad, how did that, how did that work out for us for the years that followed after that, after we decided to step away from the church? Well, when Kevin and Gina were, from the time they were born until they were maybe going on 10 years old, they were pretty much, we are, were all pretty much in church every Sunday. We had gotten involved in the church in Somerville, South Carolina. We knew the pastor very well. We loved him and his family, and, and we were uh, very active in uh, that church, and uh, that pastor left, and so we uh, was not happy there anymore, so we went to another church, and we stayed there a few years, and that pastor who we loved also left and uh, our interest uh, started to decline and, and we got to the point where we didn't feel like it was important to go to church every Sunday or at least I felt that way and uh, uh, then it got to where I didn't feel like it was important to go more than once a month and, and then I didn't know that it was important to go at all and uh, family uh, started to suffer in different ways and uh, just uh, everything was going in the, the wrong direction. Uh, I knew that Kevin and Gina was not getting uh, the spiritual leadership that they needed and I knew it was my fault too because the father's the uh, head of the family and he should be the spiritual leader for his family. So it uh it was not good for several years, and I really didn't feel the need to, to be in church for a while. You know, I remember that season, and out of the years that I've got to watch you, you know, it, it's been um, 
a good thing throughout my lifetime to watch my mom and dad be married. If you've ever been around them, they don't ever fake having the perfect relationship. They've never faked that. But the thing is, is that through all the tension, they've never given up on each other. I think that's the one thing that sets a, a relationship that works apart from other ones, is that you just don't give up. That, that divorce is off the table. Grace is high. But during that season of time, there was probably more marital tension that I can remember than there was during any other season that I've been around. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I agree with that. And that's probably going to be the case in most any family. If Christ isn't involved in the family, then uh, it's not going to end well. It's not yeah. going to go well. It's not going to end well. Well, I, th I think that one of the things that I wanted to, to point out is that it's so... It's just so easy when you're a family, especially like many of you, that you've come to church and you've plugged in and you've started to serve and give and you've experienced and tasted of the things of the Lord and you've seen this is good. But after a few years, it's really easy to go, you know, I think we can back off a little bit. And when you take a step back, it's only natural to start to take another step back. And then before long, you've taken another step back. And I think the thing that my dad recognizes is so important for me to say today is that if you're a dad here and you don't make church an issue, it won't be an issue in your family. And as a matter of fact, I'll tell you this, this is in your notes today, that church attendance is a simple way to practically and continually place Jesus at the center of your family. Now, I'm not going to say today that the only way that somebody can be saved and a, and a family can be right is if they are going to church. Now, now that's I'm not going to say, but here's what I want you to understand. Very few of you have the capacity to continue a spiritual conversation when you're not being encouraged from the outside. That's what church does. And let me ask you this if you're a dad here today. If you don't go to church, does your family go to church? Because the statistics show us that if a family comes to church regularly and the dad stops, that gradually the family stops. Because you have been given the spiritual authority to make Jesus a constant conversation in your family. See, the thing is, is that church isn't some magical wand that waves over your family every week and, and makes everything perfect and wonderful. It's not like you're going to go home today and there's going to be unicorns and rainbows at home. That's not going to happen. But the thing is, is that you need someone other than you to continually push you to have spiritual conversations. And that's what church does. That's why you'll leave some Sundays going, you know, I, I didn't really want to hear about giving but we need to talk about giving because we're not being generous. You know, I didn't really want to hear about forgiveness this week, but we really need to talk about some things because I'm hurt and I need to forgive. You need that. We all need that. And that's one of the things that the church provides. See, at many times, the issue is not your salvation. It's not just your relationship with God. It's your kids. It's your wife if you're a husband. That's why I want to remind you of a verse. It's 
in Hebrews 10. Listen to this. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. So let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day approaching. See, the thing is, is that you need someone other than you to spur you on to good deeds. You need someone other than you to encourage you. And you get that when you're a part of a life-giving church. You know, for years, my mom and dad did not go to church. And then when I was a senior in high school, I made a decision to follow God. I gave my life to Jesus it wasn't long after that I gave my, my life to him to use in ministry. There were churches that, that I was a part of that you came and attended. It was a church in South Carolina, the first church I ever worked at. You and mom got plugged in there and you kind of stayed there a little bit until you moved up here. But even when you moved here and you finally moved home and retired, you didn't attend church until we got ready to start Vortex. I want you to just kind of share with everybody what you thought when I came home and said, Dad, I think God's called us to come back to Stanley County and start a church. Well, we were, we were uh, Rose and I were both very excited that, uh, that you would be coming back home because we hadn't actually lived anywhere close to Kevin and Amanda or Gina since Kevin and Gina went off to college. We hadn't been close to them. We hadn't been physically close to them. They'd been at least 300 miles between us. So uh, we were very excited that Kevin and, and Amanda and, and uh, his family was, was coming home. But uh, I, I didn't, uh, I had some reservations about it as to how the whole church was going to be born and, and uh, created. And, and finally, Rose and I have talked about it. We just decided, well, God sees things that we don't see and that we can't see. And, and if they're coming here to start this church, uh, what we want to do is to do everything we can to help the church, Kevin and Amanda, uh, make it successful. And uh, we're just going to have to trust in God that uh, God knows what he's doing by instigating this. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge gamble. But you know what's interesting? I've thought about this many times. Um, both in Amanda's family and in my family with you guys. Very early on when we were born, you both took big risks. You moved to uh, left forestry, which is what your degree was in, and moved to Somerville to become a surveyor. Amanda's dad left the oil fields of, of Ohio and moved down to uh, Charlotte to become a landscaper and a grader. And they were both big, massive risks, but God was faithful through them and and, and so we took, we took a risk. It just felt natural because our, it was something that was so close to our family story. So I want you to share with everybody today how being a part of our church's launch team and now our church up until this point, share with them the difference that our church has made in your life. Well, uh, to start with, uh, Rose and I have been involved in different churches, all denominations, all parts of the country. Ever since we've been married, there's been those those periods, those dry periods that Kevin was 
was talking about that uh, where we didn't attend or certainly didn't attend regularly. But I've been in some churches in my life that I felt very connected to, and I've been in some that I felt I had absolutely no connection with, and I've been in some that I knew after I left the first time that I was never going back. Uh, at Vortex Church, I feel like, for me, uh, it's made me a better person, for one thing, and it certainly opened my eyes to some things that that uh, my, where my eyes needed to be opened, and uh, I feel more connected to Jesus and to the church at Vortex than I ever have or I ever even thought that I possibly could. And it's been a, a great experience for me personally. I've, uh, I've, I've found that I have changed in many ways. Uh, I found that uh, I really, I love the people at the church and, and uh, I've had periods in my life where I've been I've been pretty hard. I don't think I've ever been mean, but I've been at times in my life I've had I've been where I really didn't care that much, particularly if it was somebody that I didn't know. But the church, Vortex Church, has helped me to to change and soften in some ways where I really needed to change, and I'm grateful for it. We love our church family. Uh, there's people that we've come to know at Vortex that uh, they're just my favorite people in the whole world. And if it hadn't been for the church, I probably would have never known them. Well, I want to give you one thing that I, I see from just from an outsider's perspective when it comes to the way that our lives have been since we launched and just watching my dad. As a dad, you can affect the way that the trajectory of your family is headed. Statistically, we know that when dads come to know Jesus, with the over 90% of the time, the rest of the family actually comes to know Jesus as well. And the level of influence that God has given you in your family is so significant. So here's what I want to encourage you with. Be committed to leading those that are in your life especially if you're a dad and you have influence over your family to do this, to serve and to grow his kingdom. Because when you do that, there's something that happens in your heart. See, my dad just told you. Now, he didn't say he was mean, but I'll tell you, there's been some times he's been mean, just downright mean and not concerned about other people. See, he's very much an introvert. Some of y'all would never imagine that. But he is. He's very much an introvert. And it's very easy for him to get lost in himself. But he's found something here at church that has spurred him on to care about other people, to want to make a difference in their lives, to be generous with them, to love them, to be kind to them, to let them leave his presence being more encouraged in their life. And if you knew my dad five years ago, you would not have thought that he could be that man. But he is. He is that man today because he's let God use him for the last few years. I want you to know today that that decision to let your family serve God is going to change your family. As a matter of fact, look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 6. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. Not people, 
Because you know that the Lord will do what? He will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. I want you to see today that God is going to reward you. And some of you today, that reward of making the decision to say, we're going to plug into church, we're going to serve, we're going to give, that reward may be that the culture of your family takes a drastic shift. I can remember, I can remember this morning, church. Now, when I gave my life to Jesus, my, my, my parents weren't really serving Jesus. The culture of our family was not Christ-centered. And so when I began to make decisions, there was a lot of resistance at home about me going into the ministry or going to a Bible college. But I can remember this morning at church when I was getting ready to lead worship here at Vortex. My dad came in and he was carrying bottles of water and he just gently... He handed each one of our worship team a, a bottle of water. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm so, so proud of him. Because I could see, I could see the change in him. And today, I want you to know that when we give our lives wholeheartedly to Jesus, God can do something powerful in us and in you. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.